All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> Fuck you, Pat. You got to make it out of sync on purpose. God damn it. What the fuck? Let's do this shit. <laughs> and we're back with the one times episode 18. Wild time. The three of us are hanging out in a bar. You see this gorgeous chick just shaking it on the dance floor. Start clicking your fingers, make your move. Turns around, it's fucking the ugliest dude you've ever seen. <laughs> You're joined today by the producer, Mr. Patrick DeLuca, the extremely angry Yo. professor, Peter Fitzer. And myself, the ever handsome broologist, Forrest Galante. Welcome back, everybody. How you guys Hello. doing? Peter, why are you so angry? What's what's going on? <laughs> I'll today? tell you. I'll tell you Jesus. why I'm fucking angry, Forrest. I'm what's angry up? because last week, last week, the fucking producer, Pat Pat over there, said he told us, All right, guys, I'll be home. I'm done traveling. It's all good. We can get back on schedule. We'll be consistent. Things will be great. You know, he fucking patted our heads and rubbed our bellies, and then he fucked us again this week, Forrest, didn't he? Didn't he? Didn't he? I think I sent a message out on Tuesday. Sorry, I didn't want to, but he did. And then no answer until, like, Saturday or fucking Sunday. I don't even know. What day is it? It's God Sunday, damn. and you, you didn't send a message on Tuesday. You sent 14 messages, all titled at Patrick DeLuca, followed by a question mark every day since Tuesday. <laughs> Just no reply, dude. But I, but mean, I didn't. Yeah. No, no, hold on. Go I'm not ahead. done yet. It's not, it's not. I didn't just come out firing because I know that if I do that, he'll be a dick. I, so I gently said, when would you gentlemen like to record this week on like Monday or Tuesday? And, and, and just no reply. Then I proceeded to text. I hit him up on other mediums. <laughs> I, I fucking blew in a call. No answer. Screened. And then here we are today. I got a dinner in fucking, I don't know, 20 minutes. God damn it. What kind of fucking producer are you? Patrick, you're I wanted rebuttal. to give Peter an opportunity to express. But here's the thing. And he knows this. <laughs> and Forrest knows this. There, you could, I am easily contactable via text or phone call. WhatsApp is not a good way to contact me. This is, listen, all right, do you have more? If, if you that- really needed to get a hold of me, you know to just text me. And it, I literally, an instant re- reply will that's come. That's absurd. That's absurd. Because, and I have talked to other friends just about this because I was so angry. I was like, is Pat responding to your texts? Is, are, is Pat what answering they say? your calls? No, never, ever. <laughs> no, everybody. I'm gonna take, no, I'm going to take Peter's side on this one. You can be terrible when it comes to communication. No, <laughs> so, I know. Look, and, and I, I respect it because sometimes I don't have a phone on me for a week at a time. Right. But you, I will send you a text. Be like, hey, want to grab dinner? And I'll hear from you the following Wednesday. Dude. No, thanks. When I sent it on Saturday. No. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that's all right. I really didn't want to grab dinner I mean, tonight anyway. And keep this in mind. You guys are two of my favorite people in the world. <laughs> so it's not you. I thought you, something was me. wrong. I uh, was more concerned than anything. I even sent you a text. Are you okay? Well, listen to me. <laughs> I never asked for this, right? I made it through 18, 19 years of my life without a cell phone. I liked being unreachable. You you had a voice. You had an answering machine. When you got home, you checked them. And I was the guy who let it pile up until the machine was full before I listened. <laughs> and sometimes it, no. you were listening to a message a month later, and I liked it. it You're was a nice. fucking adult. Do you want me to change your diaper? 
mate. Because <laughs> no. this is fucking bullshit. Like, how are you a functioning adult? Things need to be scheduled and put on calendars, and the schedule should be followed. Okay, but that said, that said, I did text that I was up. good. For, I said I was good for four o'clock. When I say I'm yep. good, I'm good. You don't have to check. I'm in. He did. He I'm did. in. And yeah. I I boned us because I went surfing at two thirty. It's fine. Uh, okay, so real quick. But for we were us. But boy, case in point. We were supposed to record. We're supposed to record on Thursdays. So that the professor has time to fucking edit the podcasts and the last fucking, I don't even know how many have been edited Sunday night. You know, that's for us. Have you noticed that since he's, uh, since he's had his, uh, lady friend that he's, he's being a little more precious with his time, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. He's real. What are you talking about? I don't want to fucking record a podcast for two hours on Sunday and then it's Sunday. It's All right, Sunday. Peter, here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to take a deep breath okay. in. Let's go. Come on. Nose, deep breath. One more. One more. All right. Don't you feel better? Hey, Peter. Everybody loves you. There everybody you loves you. All right. Yeah. You know, everybody loves you. You're doing great. Give what you're doing, yeah. everybody's everybody's digging it. Everybody's right. into it. Okay. Patrick appreciates yeah, it. I appreciate much. it. Mm-hmm. We all might right. not always show up on time, but we appreciate you pestering the shit out of us all week. And I will Thank say, you know? right. when I was on a I was on a Skype call with your mom last night, Peter, and she said she loves you a lot, too. <laughs> she doesn't know how to fucking use a goddamn DVD player, let <laughs> alone weird too. video It's chat. weird, too, because when she texts Patrick, he gets right back yeah. to her instantly. Well, she gets oh, really shit. mad. You think he gets mad? Whew. How do you know, Forrest? What are you guys all fucking talking to my mom in a group group chat? That I'm not exactly. involved. Yeah, God damn that's it. right, dude. So, Forrest, you <laughs> you've been surfing a hell of a lot the last couple weeks. Is this like a new? Are you yeah. like going to be a, become like a surfer, brah? No, it's just I think it's just been uh, fortuitous timing with the podcast and the you know I also got this new electric surfboard, which yeah. is yeah. just it's it's a real treat to take out and rip around on. And I'm trying to figure out how to run it in the waves because that hasn't really been done yet. And I'm eating a lot of shit really hard. <laughs> I have to imagine, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's fun. So I've, I think having that new toy has uh, has re-inspired my love of surfing. And there's been a little bit of swell lately, which has been nice. Forrest, I saw your video that you posted on Instagram where you had your your dog on the front of the what's the surfboard called? It's it's first of all just to remind everybody, it goes up to like 40 miles an hour. Yeah. You got your dog um, on the front of this thing. <laughs> this is like a new dog. How did you train his ass no to shit. fucking sit on that I can't thing? even get, dude, I couldn't even get mine to go on a pedal board. I've had my dog for seven months. Yeah, we're working <laughs> on it. He's not great at it yet, but yeah, I'm getting him to just sit on the bow and then I can rip around on it and he just hangs out and he's he's a little surfing pup. It's pretty fun. It's fucking That's great. It's like cool. a magazine cover, dude. I was like, are you kidding <laughs> me with this shit? This is amazing. <laughs> He loves it too, man. He's his name's Hoover, the new pup, and he's just he's getting so. Cause I like call him for an adventure, and he like he knows when I'm buckling him into his little life jacket. And we're <laughs> we're only a couple. I mean, he's young, right? He's he's four months old, so we're only um we're we're probably three sessions away from no life jacket on the pup. But right now nice. he's uh, he's killing it. Hell yeah! How, how how does he swim? Does he just the instincts kick in and he moves the little arms and legs kind of thing? Totally doggy paddle verbatim. It's it's fucking bonk because I hadn't taken my dog swimming till I was in Ithaca. And uh, so I waited in like, you know, first day, couldn't wait to see what she did in the lake. Waited into about chest deep and let her go and just fucking boom, just 
first time ever in the water fucking pro swimmer speeding to the shore (laughs) and then it ran up to the house and didn't come down to the lake for two days nice (laughs) but uh but it's crazy the instinct man yeah it's just it sucks that we suck so bad at everything when we're born we we uh, we really do. You know what's interesting is all mammals are apparently born with the instinct to swim. There's no mammal that you can throw in the water that will instantly drown. Mm. Which I think it it goes back to um you know the fact that we all crawled out of the sea so to speak evolutionarily speaking um and we've never lost that ability to to swim. Like you can throw any mammal in the water and it'll swim. I was just thinking about it when when I saw the dog swimming and I was like, man, like dogs are born they're pretty useless for like a couple weeks. But at age, like, you know, six weeks, they're already doing shit that, like, is so beyond what a human could do at six weeks. So I just randomly Googled a few days ago, like, just to see what the gestation period for a dog is. What would you guess it is? So humans around nine to ten months. Apes are right around eight to nine months. I'm going to go three months. I'm going to say it's, like, ten weeks. You're pretty close, yes. Uh, It's literally exactly ten weeks, yeah. Oh, that's very close. I didn't even... Biology didn't look that up. brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so bizarre that it's, it's that short. short. But you also got to think, you know, a, what is it? Uh, a dog year is seven years in human years. So everything's condensed, right? Sure. Like their growth period, their learning period, their life cycle, it's all condensed. What would you guys guess the longest gestation period of any animal is? No no this. Googles. No Googles allowed. No Google. Professor's going to go, uh, I'm going to go with 24 months, two years. It's It's... Pretty close. It's like 23 months. It is a... Wait, uh, let me guess. Let me guess. Yeah. Blue whale? That was my guess. That uh, is not the blue whale. It is a different mammal. Another big one. Elephant. Oh, shit. 660 days. Yeah, that's crazy. Humans are terrible. Last night, I took Prilosec. This is how terrible human brains are. Got tinnitus for four hours. A buzzing is, in my what ears. What is Prilosec? It's a Peter. fucking, like a heartburn medication. I've never taken it. Okay. Dude, a buzzing. Do you know about tinnitus? Have you guys heard of this? Yeah. I, a ringing in I your have ear? Tinnitus. Well, Mine's a ringing, it, not a buzzing. Well, it can be a ringing or a buzzing. And so I legit went into a full-blown panic. I thought, I mean, I almost had an anxiety attack. I was like, I might have to go to the ER. I don't know why, what this is. Every time I laid down, it was just like, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? And then normally I don't like to look up any symptoms of anything because it says it's going to, it essentially says you're going to die. Yeah. Yeah, You're going to have fucking ear cancer or something. (laughs) So I I bit the bullet though, because it was either that or the fucking ER. And, uh, and it turns out that this fucking medicine that I took, it, it gives, it's like a rare side effect is it gives you tinnitus, temporary tinnitus. I'm like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? But I felt so much better. How glad but, are you it only lasted four hours and not four days? Dude, you would, it you would said, kill yourself. It <laughs> said that it's one of my biggest fears in life is getting, is getting uh, permanent tinnitus. Uh, and I know people actually commit suicide because there's a subreddit about it and people go yeah, there do. and they're like, I want to kill myself. Uh, so it's a big fear. So I was really fucking freaking out. I was like, what did I do? Like, I'm going to die. I'm going to have to kill myself. I would have freaked out, dude. If it, <laughs> I'm going to have to. If I, so and I couldn't sleep. That was the worst Let's break part. this down for a second. Your biggest fear is getting tinnitus, which you're getting from taking Prilosec, which you're needing because of the amount of Taco Bell that you're consuming. No, no, not Taco Bell. So if you wanted to negate your fear... Booze? booze? Eh. Was it that you boozed for two days and and didn't eat? Is that what it was, that you didn't eat? I I boozed and ate for two days straight without stopping. Uh, Pepperoni (laughs) pizza. I think there was like some kind of... 
fucking rap. Dude, raps aren't healthy. Sorry, I'm going on rants. <laughs> I almost you're went very, on the, the, you're very fired up today i dude i mean honestly i was getting real just i couldn't wait to to chastise pat about the whole thing so okay. I'm, I'm in a ranty mood sorry but go so, ahead let's talk wild times bullshit <laughs> so now we can start the podcast now that we're 20 23 minutes in 13 minutes uh, 20 seconds whatever so guess what's coming up in a week from today gentlemen any idea it's the most wonderful week of the year Shark Week. Oh, yeah. It is Shark Week. It's back. It starts one week from today. Fuck yeah. Patrick and I have a show on it, uh, The Land of the Lost Shark. Nice. It follows me into some extremely treacherous waters in Southern Africa looking for three species of lost shark. And um, Discovery is saying that it's their favorite show of the week. So I think people should watch it. Fuck yeah. It sounds, yeah, it sounds amazing. Time. And this was what you guys had been saying on the podcast for the past several episodes. We can't talk about it yet. What can we talk about? And then it was a little more and a little more. Finally, it's released. And We're we get good. All We're announced. Info. Yep. All the deets. South Africa, Mozambique, three species of lost shark, one hour to look for all of them. It's the, kind of the biggest hour of TV we've ever done because we've always focused on looking for one lost animal. In this episode, we look for three. Um, nice. and it's huge and it's crazy. And we use cutting edge tech. There's yeah. a couple very near death experiences Shit. with myself and the crew. It's gnarly. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> so without, without giving too crazy of a spoiler for us, what, uh, when you say there's a couple near death experiences, like g g give us a little bit of, of one of them. Sure. Sure. Well, actually, unfortunately, some of it just didn't make the show because it's really hard to film some of this stuff. And one of them, um, my cameraman, Mark and I, so first of all, we were doing this thing called deploying bruvs, which are baited remote underwater video systems, BRUBS. And uh, we had like 30 of them to deploy. And so we were taking turns, getting, going down on the reef and setting down three or four at a time and coming up. And then the next guy's turn to set down the bruvs. It's like trail cameras underwater. Anyway, um, Johnny and, and Donald, two of the guys on our crew, go down that morning and go, come back up and go like, hey, guys, we saw a fucking huge great white shark. Like, heads up. And we're like, oh, did you film it? Did you have the cameras? They're like, no, we were just putting bruvs down. But you know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Currents are ripping. Be really careful. There's a huge great white shark around. And we're like, all right, copy that. So then Mark and I go, we set our bruvs, come back to the surface. Everything's Gucci. You know, we like see a couple bull sharks, whatever. Come back to the surface. Current is fucking ripping. A squall is hit. Boats are nowhere to be seen. Jesus. This is so, not like. So sorry. So for us non-divers, you're down. How deep are you? We were at like a buck 40, 140 feet. So 140 feet and everything's calm. It just, you're just like, this is chill. Yeah. Everything feels you know, normal. Currents were gnarly, like the whole dive. And you'll see that in the show. You'll see the, I actually, another secret story. I actually pulled my hamstring. I had to have surgery when we get back. You, you remember that, Patrick? Mm -hmm. um, uh, not pulled it, sorry, tore it. And, um, it was gnarly and you don't even see it on the show, but it, it current conditions were gnarly. Currents were ripping. We're underwater cruising at like eight knots. And we're like, oh, okay, like current's ripping, but we put our bruvs down. We're good to go up, right? So we head back to the surface and we can see like above us, oh man, the wind's picked up. Like it's looking gnarly up on the, up on the ceiling on our safety stop. We come up, break the surface and there's just a squall, massive rain, huge, huge waves, like seven, eight foot waves breaking. And the, the boat that dropped us off, nowhere to be seen. What? Can't even see it. That's insane. Can't even see You're it. You're that Nothing. far from All it. we could... Yeah, we all we could see was maybe 25 feet in front of us because there was so little visibility from the squall. Boat had lost us. We're going wow. up and down in these in the surf. 
And Mark and I know that there's a giant great white shark around that have been seen that morning. And we're just floating out to sea. Now, this isn't like you're diving off the coast of San Diego and there's going to be 300 boats coming by you at any, you know, any given hour of the day. Right. We're in an area that literally nobody had ever dived before. It was uncharted territory. Nobody knew it. It took three days just to get the boats into the zone. And we're just drifting out to freaking out to sea in the Mozambique Channel with a great white shark around. So Dude. we drifted for about 45 minutes. Um, you know, taking turns looking down to see if the white shark was coming around, and then sure enough, we spotted the dinghy in the, di- in the distance, and it came and grabbed us. Dinghy Who's, in the distance. Who was more legitimately concerned between you and Mark? Oh, definitely Mark. Um, <laughs> well, he doesn't. Have, it, it, Forrest what, doesn't have an amygdala. No, it's not that. It's just it's more his 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 personality is like to worry a little bit, and I, I don't want to insult Mark because you guys. I mean, Patrick, you know this. Like he's pretty mellow. Um, yeah, he's pretty but fearless. He's def- yeah, but he he's is. A fucking but he's a nerd. He's, he's a big nerd, and <laughs> he's uh, he's definitely more of a warrior than I am. I was just kind of like, well, we'll just inflate the BCs and drift and see what happens. You know, they know we're out here. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah. Oh man, yeah. you're nuts, dude. You are a fucking insane but, but those, person. You know, those stories are like you. You see them every once in a while. Like scuba divers just like never get back on the boat. That shit can oh, happen. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, that happened. Uh, like I said, I, it wasn't my hamstring; it was my groin. I tore my groin. I had to have surgery when he got Oof. back. Um, crazy ripping currents, big toothy sharks. Uh, it was gnarly, man. There's, there's, you see some of the near death stuff. Like there's one thing with the waves that's pretty crazy. But yeah, that was one that you know. There's no camera action for that. It's just kind of like, oh, the guys are missing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a cool show. It's a good hour of TV. That's for sure. You have almost died more than anybody I've ever met in my life. I just want you to know that. And I've got a big broner from it. Speaking of torn groins, by the way, I think it's time for for Producer Will's new... We're going to try a recurring segment, like a real podcast. (laughs) What is it called, Forrest? What's What's our first recurring segment? This is the Bizarre Animal of the Week. So here's why I said speaking of torn groins. How tall are you, Peter? About six feet, six one? Six feet, six feet exactly. Forrest, you're right around there too, right? Sure am. Imagine mating with a woman <laughs> that was 500 feet tall. Do you think you might tear your groin? <laughs> yeah, that's a, uh, is that a good time? I'm not sure. Wait, what the hell are you Let's talking about? Just imagine mating with a woman that was the size of a 50-story building. What might... <laughs> What might that do to your groin and penis? <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and in this, I like the way this is shaking out. So we're not going to tell you what the uh, bizarre animal that we're talking about is. We're just going to tell you a few more things about it. Okay. Peter definitely knows what it is because he's, you know, he's a big animal guy. Yeah, huge. Pat, for you, at 5'3", I'd like you, you to also <laughs> picture, picture yourself uh, – Trying to conquer this giant. Yeah, I'm five ten. So for me, it's like a four hundred and sixty foot tall woman. <laughs> five three, meager, tiny. All right. <laughs> the same animal is immune to deadly jellyfish stings and tentacles, and is not only immune to them, but it's capable of grabbing onto them and repurposing them to sting other things. Wow. So it can, that interesting. So so a man of war or a jellyfish tries to sting this animal. It's like, hey, fuck off, didn't hurt, and I'm going to take your tentacle and use it like a spear? That's, Correct. Yeah. yeah. It's like an Indiana Jones whip under the sea. How cool is that? I like That's it. I like it. 
fucking awesome. So now you know it's under the sea, yeah, listeners yeah. and Peter. Mm-hmm. Another fact to add <laughs> is this fi- this animal, uh, as Patrick said, the uh, the female can weigh 40,000 times more than the male. And the male, typically about the size of a walnut. Um, so imagine that female. This animal also sports a bizarre blanket-like appendage that it wears basically like a cape as it swims through the ocean. It sounds fashionable. What? Sounds fashionable. Yes. Am I Patrick, to... what is what is the name of our bizarre creature? It's truthfully I'd never heard of it until uh, producer Will made the show doc and we researched it. It's called the blanket octopus. A very rare, very interesting cephalopod. Um, only ever filmed a handful of times, typically found in Australian waters. Um, they're also they're also called octopods in some areas, which reference the long transparent webs that connect to the dorsal. Um, they're really interesting animals. They are, I, I dare say, they are stranger than fiction and a creature that I think most people don't realize exists. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think if you, if you landed here, say in the pod, which touched down today, this, the SpaceX pod. Nice. And this was the first thing you saw. I think you'd think you're on an alien planet. I do too. I just <laughs> I think, think I'd leave these adorable <laughs> little one inch long males having to mate with a six foot tall, long female. That's one of the weirdest things in nature, without a doubt. That makes no sense. <laughs> no sense. No pleasure can be found in that. None. Or a, a huge amount of pleasure, maybe. The, the female's getting no pleasure. It's like, Retep's, it's like Retep's girlfriend. It's, it's, it's just <laughs> trying to get it Excuse over me? with. Huh? What'd you say? God fucking damn it, Pat. This is such bullshit. My girlfriend enjoys everything it out. I have to offer. I'm sure. Including, I'm sure. You're, including your tonight. So does Doris DeLuca. Quite a, you're quite a virile ape. Of a man, there's no doubt about <laughs> no. that. All right, so y- you've just described, so it's 10,000 times the size of the male. The female is. It's a fucking octopus also, so yep. it's very smart, right? These are intelligent creatures. Yep, typically. Yep. Well, yeah, if they're using another animal's weapon as a spear, they're fucking brilliant. Always back to the octopus. I love the octopus. I think that's what really brought us three together in the beginning. was our affection for octopi so that is the the blanket octopus that is the bizarre animal of the week yes so for all you parents who are whether you're mad about it or not the reality is you are going to be mostly homeschooling your kids next year um have them tune into this podcast wait we Uh wait hold on we have somebody's coming in oh Uh -oh. hey it's world famous comedian and Pat and I's friend Pete Giovine. How you doing there, buddy? What's up, Pete? It's good to be here. Yeah, we're happy. We're happy to have you. I hadn't. We. I had no idea. Obviously, Pat didn't. That somebody was going to be popping in for a surprise visit. Forrest didn't know either. You. You had no idea, huh, Peter? No clue, Pete. What's going on? What. What's on your mind today? So the reason why I wanted to pop in like this and excuse me for it's really bad form just to do this. Um, uh, I just wanted to pop in and just, you know, give my two cents on how terrible of a communicator Patrick DeLuca is. Yeah. You know, it's funny you joined us today. I'm sure Peter has been uh, scheming this for quite some time, but he was livid. He was livid. When this podcast started, because Patrick hadn't got back to him yeah. for a week, is this is this a feeling that you share as well? About uh, it is. It's um, it's something to where you start questioning your own value as a person, because you're thinking like, <laughs> well, 
if he can't just shoot, because it literally takes it takes a thumb and just and, and consciousness <laughs> not even, and and you not can even just fucking five seconds you know just to, just to, just a k i would i would take single letters at this point right you know what i mean just normally that pisses me off but from him it'd be dude, a fucking real from dream. him i would welcome just a single emoji <laughs> a single letter would be would at least let me know that i'm seen God. you know what i mean yeah so we do, Pete. We feel your pain. Mm-hmm. This is this is Patrick. This is an did you intervention. realize you were walking into an intervention today? Yeah, <laughs> I I did because I knew how angry Peter and actually Forrest even was a little angry this week at me. So <laughs> I knew I was gonna get the business. What about the um, listeners, mate? The listeners are the most angry. Never missed a Monday. I'm gonna stop fucking staving off the brunt. I'm going to start just putting the podcast out on Wednesday and blaming it on you and putting out your fucking home address. How's that? Hang on. Just hang on. Real quick, because let's get to something that listeners will care about. Let's let's give them some value in their lives besides just ripping on me. So Pete is a comedian. He hosted for many years a... Uh, well, how would you describe Beecher's Madhouse? It's a freak show, essentially. Is that correct, Pete? We would always say it has the the atmosphere of a circus with the energy of a nightclub. So it was basically f- freaks, freaks, and little people, and all sorts of crazy acts. And I and I was sort of the uh, ringmaster, if you will. All right, real quick, Pete. Before we let you go, thank you for the all the yeah. beautiful words. Um, <laughs> what's the weirdest? And this is not a PC podcast. Um, okay. Obviously, Beecher's Madhouse. I think in 2020 would probably be. Someone would probably throw a Molotov cocktail in and burn it down. What was the <laughs> yeah. weirdest thing you ever saw between the Vegas show and the LA show? What was well, the weirdest I mean, act? I, I would say one of the one of the craziest things that I was actually a part of was uh, we had a, a sword swallower, and this guy would um, balance a running lawnmower on his uh, chin. And the, the lawnmower blade would be spinning, and he would have this thing where he would pack a God. bunch of like little pieces of confetti, and I would throw them up into the lawnmower, and it would just explode, and you know, it would just be a visual of you know seeing this this stuff, you know, sort of, you know, sp- you know, just it was really just to show that th- this was a working lawnmower, and it was dangerous. So there was one time where he was like, "Listen, dude," he goes, "If you miss, you know, when you throw the the, the confetti ball up there, if you miss, like, don't rebound your shot." Because your because your instinct is to go and and put your hands up there to kind of like get it, and I found myself I almost did that and and like I literally it was in slow motion I put my my hand up this guy's eyes were just like almost popped out of his head and I brought my hand down now in the very oh same show. When he was done with the lawnmower act, he would do his sword swallowing thing, and he told me before the act started that he was going to let me pull the sword out, okay? Now, this is something that I was like, okay, you know, what do I do? And he goes, listen, he goes, you just hold the handle, and I'm going to back out, you know, because if you do anything, you you can kill me, you know? If I I sort of jiggle the sword, I can kill him. Um, So so after I almost rebounded my shot... I had to hold the sword, and this guy's backing out, and I'm like, just sh- at this point, I'm shaking like this because I, I already almost messed up the, uh, the the lawnmower act by cutting my fingers off, uh, and then he safely backed out, and I told him after that one, I was like, dude, I'm never doing this with you on stage again. <laughs> so that would be, I, I, that's kind of like some of the the craziest ones, um, uh, but also the thing is, 
the, the nuttiest stuff that I saw. We'd have a celebrity pack crowd all the time, and I think the craziest thing that I saw was, uh, uh, audience-wise, was a pregnant, uh, a pregnant Britney Spears sitting next to uh, Kevin Federline, and she was showing. She was about to pop, and he's just he's just whacking cigs, man. Just just completely, completely just right, right, right next to right next to her and the new baby. So that was fun. But uh, anyway, Pat, Pat, you're what terrible at communicating, and uh, I want to thank you guys for letting yeah. me stop by. Pete, thanks so much for thanks, popping Pete. in, dropping in, crashing this party. Pat, you are fucking terrible. Love you, Pete. You are a terrible communicator. Later, dudes. See ya. Later, <laughs> Bye, guys. Man. Oh, I'm staying on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, right. that was our way of saying you're off the podcast. Good night. Enough silliness. <laughs> Forrest, right. let's get to it. I know you're pretty excited about some stuff that's happened this week. Let's get to our segment. What's in the news? Yeah. So this week, there's some good stuff in the news. Um, Telequa, yeah. an orca mom who carried her dead calf on her back for a thousand miles over 17 days last year. People were tuning in. It was it was actually pretty terrible because oh, her I remember calf that. died. Yeah, yeah, it was a big yeah. deal. But Telequa is pregnant again, and this is a huge deal for those of us who are fans of wholesome content. Hmm. Uh, the Orca mom became famous, you know, when she was uh, publicly mourning the death of her calf, That's carrying right. it around. Yeah, and people, people were people were going nuts, man. They were like people threatening. <laughs> they, were, they didn't even know who they were threatening because it wasn't anybody's <laughs> fault. Um, there were people like breaking down and crying. There were like fundraising campaigns. There was all this stuff going on. Yeah. And of course, she she lost her calf after 17 days of carrying it around dead. Mm. People were mourning the death of it. It was really quite sad. Yeah. And it's wonderful to see that she's finally has a chance to be a mother again. What we believe would be her, you know, assuming this baby survives her firstborn um, that makes it. And uh, and people think she's going to be a great mom because she was willing to carry her dead baby for a thousand miles. So it's a yeah. good it's a big win for Telequa. Everybody's pretty excited. This makes me feel good because, I mean, you know that she legitimately, legitimately is stoked. I mean, animal or whales are orcas, I should say. Orcas are very, like, I mean, they're very intelligent animals, right? This, this and emotional. Absolutely. And emotional. They mourn, they're dead, clearly. And now she, I mean, this is like a fucking television drama. She's pregnant again. Let's just yep. hope that this one isn't a stillborn. Jeez. Yep. Uh, <laughs> correct. And I think it's great. You know, I think it's awesome that she has another chance to be a mom. And it's pretty exciting. What was her name again? Telequa? Telequa. Who named her Telequa? I mean, what is that? Her mom. Her mom and dad, obviously. You idiot. You fucking idiot. So I got another one, though. Please tell me you're going to talk about the male cicadas. Please. I am. I am. Yes. So I was, you know, I know how much you like cicadas, Patrick. Did you encounter any on your cross-country trip? No. No, we had talked about the fucking cicada apocalypse that was coming across some of those states, but no, we we didn't uh we didn't crash our car because of a cicada swarm. Well, interestingly enough, the University of West Virginia have observed a fungus called Massopora which infects male cicadas, it colonizes their abdomens, and eventually takes over their brains. Mm. And basically what this does is this fungus turns male cicadas into zombie sex slaves. They force the male cicadas to do the female cicada mating dance and what? lure healthy males to mate with it. And then as the males attempt to mate with it, it infects those males as well. And the cycle continues. So wait a minute. If you didn't think cicadas, yeah, <laughs> go for it. Dig Hold in. on. Thanks, buddy. So wait. 
My buddy so just this, delivered so, me a fresh Red Bull vodka. Dude, he's got, he's, he's literally got, got he's always got everywhere people. Everywhere he deli- goes. Yeah, delivering him drinks. Everywhere he goes. Mid-podcast. I Maybe I'm it. infecting them it. with a fungus, turning them into a, a drink and sex <laughs> life. I bet you return his calls. Uh, but so it turns male cicadas into essentially mimic female cicada movements. Correct. So that it'll yep. attract other males. And yep. then just infect them. Does it also have gay sex with them? Does it force I mean, the male to? It, it turns male cicadas into zombie gay sex lives. Like what how, the fuck? how tight is that? What do Dude, you get, bro? I'm just yeah. saying, what is this? Like, so this is essentially like a terrible form of acid or like detura. Like this has got to be like some hallucinogen. Imagine it, it, like in Batman where the scarecrow would like spray that mist and then they would just start freaking out. Like, what do you like? So then do they just die? You think like, are they just done with life after that? That's the whole purpose or do they yes. keep? So, so the purpose would be for the fungus to reproduce, right? So the right. fungus, and this is actually, this specific one isn't common, but it's actually relatively common in the insect world where a fungus can actually take over the animal and change its behavior in order to continue its life cycle. Cause the fungus is a living thing, right? So this, this fungus is affecting the brain chemistry of the male cicadas so that they do this bidding. They do this female dance, which obviously attracts more males, and so the life cycle continues. But just imagine, like, like you just said, Peter, right? The three of us are hanging out in a bar. <laughs> yeah. Like, you, you see this just gorgeous chick just shaking <laughs> it on the dance floor, yeah. right? You, you, start, you start moving and grooving, you know? Start clicking your fingers and make your move. Start cruising over there turns around it's fucking the ugliest dude you've ever seen he rubs up on you and you're still so entranced by his moves he gets a little shake on you now you've got it too and you're like oh all right it's time to boogie and uh that's that's it that's the whole cycle now you're just you're pulling dudes left and right you're spreading the virus you know it's uh it's so funny in the context of humans (laughs) just fucking at a nightclub yeah and then that one just the first one just drops dead and then you're yeah you're that one now nobody's and now you're that guy you're just you're moving and grooving you're shaking your booty you know (laughs) just seeing what other guys are going to come over and say Uh, what's up so it is a serious issue i'm sorry we're making light of it these fucking (laughs) (laughs) in the the words of will the producer yuck well i you know i've heard I've heard about a few of these different types of, of like fungi, fungi or fungus or whatever the fuck they're called. Fungi. Fungi. Mm-hmm. And is the fungus intelligent? Does it know what it's doing? Like where it's like, look, we're, we're ravaging this cicada, but it's going to die and then we're fucked. How do we get into another male cicada? I don't know, oh, make man, him act like a chick like... and someone will come fuck us? <laughs> Seriously, how does that? Is it intelligent? Crazy. So, Okay. You're opening up, Patrick. You know how you're you're like into aliens as far as like conspiracy. Theories Very go, much so. Right? Very much. Peter, so. you're into pretty much everything weird that exists. Correct. My conspiracy theories um, are very niche, and they're Ooh. basically surrounded around the intelligence of plants, and more importantly, the mycelium of fungus and mushroom. Okay. And so let's dig into I it. I could I could yeah. take a real deep dive into. It. Okay. Let's get into not? it a let's bit. Let's dig into it. Fuck yeah. So okay. So here we go. Mushrooms. Are, there's only a handful of species, and there's a lot of species, but there's a handful of species that are colonized all over the world, right? The reason being their spores are able to travel through the vacuum of space. So when a mushroom fruits, what you're seeing, when a mushroom grows out of the dirt, what you're seeing is the fruit, like the apple, right? That apple mm-hmm. drops seeds, that mushroom drops spores. That can go up into the atmosphere, travel anywhere around the globe, land, and if the conditions are right, it can grow more mushrooms. 
That's why you have the same porcini that occur in Japan as they do in Southern Africa, as they do in, in California, etc. Right. They're able to travel through the atmosphere. Right. Now take into that. <laughs> people are going to think I'm really crazy. And I'm totally no, this okay is legit, this. man. There's, yeah, there's so real academics so who back this theory. I know where you're going. Oh, you do? Yeah. Okay. So take into account the fact that um, all, when you're seeing that mushroom fruit, that's the, that's the fruit, right? That's the apple. Right. The tree of that fruit occurs underground through something called mycelium, which are these crazy um, roots, if you will. It's like a tree. Now, they're very, very small. They're very, very thin. And what we've observed is that mushrooms grow in patches, right? And these patches are synonymous with species of trees and plants, etc. But they're all connected. So if you see one mushroom popping, you get a patch, right? If you're a mushroom picker, you go out and you go, oh, there's a patch of mushrooms. I'm going to pick that one, and I know there's going to be 10 more around here. Now, that patch is all fruiting from the tree. That tree, the mycelium, is connected to all of the other trees that are all basically touching underground. Mm. Now, back up from mushrooms for a second. If you start cutting down a grove of eucalyptus trees, right, and you start cutting it, let's say, left to right, mm -hmm. the first one you cut down, the wood is great, the quality of it's great. By the time you get to the end of the row, the end of the right, the trees are putting off toxins that make the wood degrading, They're, they make the, the leaves less edible, etc. Yeah. All because of their roots touching. Now, I think that, here's my weird conspiracy theory that I believe. I believe that roots are basically a brain system for the planet. Mycelium are the neurons that help travel between the brain system, right? It's what fires along the brain system. And there, this, this, there is theories, there's a lot of science that, that kind of supports this, and there's a lot of lot to still be discovered. But I basically see plants and mushrooms as the brains and the synapses that fire that communicate all throughout wild patches. Now, obviously, you have cities where they're all, you know, blocked off and degradation of habitat, etc. Mm. But in wild habitats, I think everything is basically communicating through mushroom spores. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, it sounds legit from an outside, well, an objective point of view, which would be mine, the layman. So, <laughs> so I recently did an episode of this new National Geographic series actually about, about this. And it's crazy. I oh, mean, the, the thing you talked about what? with the eucalyptus, really? um, there are certain trees in Africa where, you know, the giraffes will come and just decimate the leaves, right? They'll eat all the leaves. Mm -hmm. And so you'll, you'll have some giraffes come in, they'll start eating the leaves and trees a mile away will start producing toxins that make the leaves taste like shit because they're communicating, exactly. but only in the present presence of this particular type of fungus when it's on the roots. And trees that exactly. don't have this fungus on the roots, they don't communicate. It's exactly crazy. That's weird. You, you just articulated it better than I did, but you, that's the exact point I'm trying to make, that the, the roots are acting like a brain system, and the fungus that's on the roots, the mycelium of the mushrooms, are acting like the neurons that help the thoughts travel. Right, right. And I, yeah, and that's the theory. I mean, I'm not the only one that thinks it. I, it's really fascinating. Um, I think we don't understand it, but what I think we will find out you know, in a long time from now, is that everything is connected, right? Like if right. you chop down one tree, that makes a difference in the world. And I think we don't realize that right now, right? You run over a squirrel on the road, you chop down a tree for firewood, and you're like, yeah, no big deal. It's one less tree, it's one less squirrel. But I think what we will come to understand several generations from now is that every single living being is connected somehow, and it, it all makes a difference. It's pretty appealing too, right? It's kind of an appealing way to look at the world. I think so. It makes us want to save more of it. <laughs> yeah, there's, so there was a group, we, we worked with this group of scientists at Tulane that 
<laughs> without getting too in the weeds, you know, the, the Cypress have been decimated around uh, Louisiana, right? Around New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, not only yep. from, obviously, we logged a shit ton of Cypress in the late 1800s, early 1900s, but fucking nutria rats That's destroy the extinction them. of the ivory-billed woodpecker. That's right. We did an episode about that. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> Cypress are just disappearing. Cypress are the super strong tree. So, like, you can hit, you know, a hurricane can come through. It'll blow every tree down except Cypress because the roots are all interconnected. And one mm. thing that this group is doing to try and regenerate um, the Cypress Swamp to basically protect New Orleans and, and some of those areas from hurricanes is they're actually injecting this fungi into the root cells. Oh, wow. um, and they're trying mm, oh, to basically wow. create this network that will allow the Cypress to share nutrients. Because what they found with Cypress that do have this fungi is they'll have like what's called a mother tree. So like a big, tall tree that's getting mm-hmm. tons of sun and tons of, tons of rain will send nutrients hundreds of yards other to other trees that are like shitting the bed. Yeah. It's pretty fucking cool. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. We're talking about like these vast underground networks of interconnected, essentially brains that, that run through the entire earth connected yep. by, you know, roots and, and, uh, and neurons, which would be fungus mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But I mean, that's not, I mean, that's why is that any different than human beings who must work together to essentially do what we do on the planet. I mean, we work when, when humans come together, we, I mean, look at cities, look at what we do. Like you could never build a city by yourself. Like humans have to work together in the same way. We might think that it's more like, you know, complex or whatever, because we're speaking with voice and we're communicating in all these complex ways. But I mean, we don't, we don't know how they're communicating. Maybe, you know what I'm saying? So it's right. totally feasible to me that that's what's going on there. No, and I think, I think you know, what you're saying is accurate. You're an individual, I'm an individual, but as a species and as a race, we're all, we all require each other to advance. And I think the same yeah. thing is true for plants, even though we don't give them credit, right? Mm-hmm. We don't think of a plant as an intelligent being. And to go back to tie this all into our, our zombie gay sex slave cicadas... <laughs> What a good one. Uh, Great story. You know, yeah. So to tie it back in, the original question that led us down this rabbit hole was, is this fungus thinking? You know, is it is it attacking this thing on purpose? And kind of right is the answer, in my opinion. If you take that theory that we just discussed into account, it's all connected. Mm -hmm. Right. And what I mean by that is the fungus knows to attack the brain. The fungus knows how to attack the brain to make this bug dance like a female. Right. And I think that there's more intelligence there then we give it credit for. We think of yeah. a fungus as this super sing- simple single-celled organism, or yeah, they're not single-celled, but the super simple organism that has no brain. And I think it, there's an intelligence that we don't understand and we can't comprehend. Yeah. You Love know it. what this is making me feel is in that moment in Men in Black where you realize, spoiler alert if you've never seen it, where Orion's belt is that there's an entire the galaxy <laughs> in the fucking marble thing on the totally. cat's necklace. Like, that's totally. it. like, you know, you could just keep going. It's fucking wild, man. We don't know. Well, shit. speaking of cats, this was something that came across my desk this week that I wanted to get into quickly. Nice. Uh, Good use of desk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you guys have heard of the, uh, the black plague, right? The black death. Certainly. Hap- yeah, happened in Europe. Mm-hmm. Decimated decimated much of Europe. 25% of the population. Oh, yeah. 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 I mean, a quarter of... uh, Take everyone you know, every friend, every family member, a quarter of them died from this horrible plague that was uh, spread by fleas that were on rats. Yep. Mm -hmm. The bubonic plague. Not good. Yeah. 1300s. Terrible. You don't want it. (laughs) There's a reason 
why all of these rats were running rampant. Because just prior to the, the Black Plague, and like I said, this, this just came across my desk. I did not know this. Was, was because the Pope, Pope Gregory IV, had just prior to this issued a decree that cats were a satanic animal. Really? And they needed to be, oh, that Europe needed to be ridded of domestic cats. Dude. So people started killing no cats. Ugh. Look, I'm a cat owner. Yeah. Huh. I like cats. Mm-hmm. They're not satanic. Nope. They're, they're, most, my cat loves Jesus. So they got, so look, basically the Pope was like creeped out by cats. He made a blanket rule that they were the devil's creature. People started killing cats and there was a huge, like a 90% drop in the cat population in Europe. So now rat, rat populations explode. And then this rat born illness, uh, comes and there's, Millions of rats and no cats. And we think mushrooms are stupid. So it kind of goes to that interconnected That's... thing you were talking about, Forrest. You kill one cat and 25% of Europe dies. <laughs> I, I always thought that the reason the bubonic plague broke out was because, you know, there was such industrialization at the time and that people were crowded and that, that, that led to the spawning of tons of rats, which created the plague, right? I didn't realize that to add kind of insult to injury, the Pope i guess britannica at the time said cats are evil and that that led to the increase of the rats i think that's really fascinating i had no idea that cats played a role yeah. in the bubonic i mean play. i'm sure it's a confluence of of all those factors but as we've talked about before on this podcast cats are fucking killing machines dude like you, yeah. you get a oh, bunch yeah. of domestic Four cats in the birds a year oh my god they will kill hundreds of rats a day Billion, they kill billions yeah. of fucking birds a year, and that's like just in one country. Where, where do you think we would be? So keeping in mind, again, going back to everything's connected, right? If a quarter of the, the European population had not been eliminated during the 1300s by bubonic plague, where do you think humanity would be today? Probably much worse off. Yeah, I, I was going to say, yeah, off. we probably would be worse I mean, dude, off. I, dude, listen, the, 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 the planet, the universe, whatever you want to call it, some people call well, it God. One, one's it a knows, planet, one's a universe, so they're very Shut different. your fucking mouth. Nobody's talking <laughs> to you. Quite I'm talking different. to the listeners. So angry. Listen, <laughs> yeah. it knows what it's doing. It is alive. Like we just discussed, it has a brain, and when it wants to kill humans, it hires a fucking pope to do it. You know what time it is? It's time for the fucking battle royale, bitches. Let's do it. Pat, you've been talking about this. You emailed us prior to me trying to contact you all week. What's the fucking battle royale this week? Let's have it. Well, I I, I think this is a great one. I mean, you know, look, this is right up Forrest Sally. He's going to think he has an advantage but I don't think he does. <laughs> All right, so here's Battle Royale. So I want listeners, uh, when they comment this week, they're going to comment not on like who who was the funniest. They're going to comment on which of these three we're, we're going to plan our ultimate barbecue. Okay? Okay. okay. You're, what you're going to comment on is not like, hey, Peters was funny, Forrest is better at survival. Really think about it and say which barbecue you would want to attend. So what we're going to do is a snake draft. Okay. We each uh, have to pick okay. three food items and a beverage. But here's the catch. These all have to be items that you are capable of harvesting by yourself oh with no help oh for boy. your guests. Capable? What do you wait, what do you mean? Like capable? Well look as if Forrest is probably like gonna right spearfish, now? you know, he's gonna free dive down to eighty feet and kill a barramundi to make some ceviche. <laughs> you and I can't okay. do right. that. All well right? then so how are we gonna be capable of 
Well, what are we going to think yeah, about like what you're capable of harvesting? Retep? Datura? Weeds? I don't, no weed? one knows I don't what know. Datura. You keep talking about Datura. <laughs> well, look it up. It, it makes I'm you not hallucinate. Going to. All right, fuck you. <laughs> right. But that said, uh, Retep, why okay, don't you start we with doing the first like pick? It. Snake draft, Retep, you're first. So what's going to be your, your first thing? Um, I'm going to go, okay, snake draft me. I can yeah. definitely do this. I will be uh, gathering. I'll have a basket. It'll be uh, a nice basket, nice size basket. I don't know how many guests are attending, but I'll just overpick these. And it fits right into what we were talking about before. I will pick all of the mushrooms so there will be no mushrooms left. Nobody else can use mushrooms in this draft. I will pick. This is this is acceptable mushroom. if you can name one species of wild mushroom that you'd forage. Morel. Tell me how you identify. Morel. What does a morel look like? It's fucking there, man. <laughs> it's where? Okay, where are you gonna get these from? Where? Yeah. Yeah, listen. Thinking? The way I see mm. foraging for mushrooms is this: you did it when you were asleep. I, I got a fifty percent chance of of surviving with the mushroom that I pick. Okay, those are good right. odds, and also I'll test the mushrooms. So either your guests are going to have some delicious morels, they're going to hallucinate, or they're going to die <laughs> after the amuse. Uh, I'll be dead. I will be eating the mushrooms myself first. Copy that. All right, so he's going to no get No mushrooms some... are now are out of the picture. Nobody can pick mushrooms, none. Zero. Mushrooms okay, then I'm going to say then I'm going to say animals and nobody can pick animals. <laughs> yeah, no. That's not how this God works. Damn it. Exactly. All right. Fungus. No, you said So Forrest, where no, would he go? You said morels. All right, fine. Morels, morels will be my mushrooms. Okay, so you seeing as you have to make this a large meal, you need burn morels, which the only way to get large quantities of morel mushrooms is to hit it at a certain elevation. 10 days after the rain, a year after a burn has happened. Mm. And burn morels happen at about 6,000 foot elevation. High Sierras are a good, good area, or actually low Sierras okay. are a good area okay. here. You knew that. You know, I know you know all this, Peter. No, it's good. It's good morels. you're telling me because <laughs> yeah. I was going to go diving in the ocean to find the morel mushrooms, not 6,000 <laughs> right. feet into the air. Right, right. No, I, you know, I, I knew this is what you were going to do. Yeah. Um, good first course, but, Peter. Uh, I like yeah. it. All right. Delicious. Forest. Delicious. You're next. What is your first? Of your four items, one drink, and three foods that you'll be harvesting for a couple guests, because most people are going to pick me or Peter's. Um, clearly, yeah, yeah clearly. Um, so are mushrooms out now? No, that, you can do a different. No, you can pick mushrooms. Okay. <laughs> Just not right. morale mushrooms. All right, so morels are out. That's fine. So I'm going to break it down. So, uh, for everybody that listens to this podcast already knows, I love foraging. I love collecting my own wild edibles, proteins, fungus, everything else. So I'm going to start with the king of all mushrooms, the king belit, the porcini. Ooh, now the porcini, ooh. yeah, some people may have seen this on my social media. They get enormous, like six pounds per mushroom sometimes, absolutely huge. Um, and the reason I'm picking that, we're going to come circle back to it, is because my, it's one of the few mushrooms that is absolutely delicious raw. And so for my appetizer, you're going to have shaved raw porcini. That sounds delicious. That's, that's that's on menus worldwide. That's why I wanted to. By the way, Pat, thanks for you know mushrooms should have been off the menu. This is bullshit. Well, now they're Carry off. On. Two two mushrooms. Well, we is know enough. he's a fucking mushroom hunter. That's what he <laughs> but, does. But in you his spare you time. picked a more rare mushroom, and I think people will be intrigued by that and pick you. Right. But fine. Ah, look, when I think barbecue, I think meat. Okay. okay. So what I'm gonna do is You're always thinking about meat. I am going to start with a little amuse bouche that is going to be <laughs> what a. What is that? It's just it means like amuse the mouth. I, I watch Top Chef. Okay. 
Um, Amusement. Yeah. So a little snack, okay. a little quick snack. What you're going to have is a sashimi of squid. Now, I, I have hand-lined for squid. I, was, I didn't catch a lot. I caught one. But I'll spend more time <laughs> doing it. But you could all share that one yeah. squid with that. I have hand-lined yeah. for squid. Uh, it's not very yep. difficult. You shine a big light into the water. I noticed when I was in Vietnam and Thailand that they use green lights for some reason. So you yep. go at night, you blast a big, powerful light into the water, you drop a hand line down. I'll, I'll have to quickly Google what's on the end of the hand line. I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> it's a jig. <laughs> a jig. Yeah, so fun fact, yeah. fun fact. Those squid that they're catching, those squid are not... When you fish, you fish with bait, right? Yeah, so yeah. the animal comes to eat it. When you're fishing for squid, you're using a squid decoy that has like 12 reverse spikes on it, and it's coming to mate with that decoy. That's why it's coming to the light, and then it gets jabbed and pulled That's up. a dirty trick, but I, I'm happy it is a dirty to trick. take advantage of it so that you can have some squid when you come to my barbecue. Delicious. The second Calamari. food item yeah. that I'm going to come back with is I'm going to serve you a real nice portion of barbecued pork ribs that I will be procuring. Okay. Uh, I'm going to have, this is going to be expensive for me to throw this barbecue because I'm going to have to go to, to Vietnam yeah. to get my squid. You're going to, you're going to catch them. a squid. You're going to catch a squid and now a fucking wild hog. Oh okay. uh, yeah. And I'm going to tell you exactly how I'm going to do it. I'm going to go to, sure. I'm going to go to Kauai because when I was in Kauai and I rented a house, there were fucking wild boar all over the street. They were eating trash you they, couldn't even fucking bow hunt a beaver that uh, I will came use, upon you in the night. I have. Let him finish. I have a three fifty seven Magnum revolver, which I will be using <laughs> to <laughs> harvest. He has it. To harvest my wild boar, and won't it be delicious when I give you some pork ribs at my barbecue? Mm. Pigs are now off the table. That's a good. That's a good. That's a good poll. That for is a good poll. Let me ask you a question. With yeah. a three fifty seven uh, revolver, a Magnum revolver, how close mm-hmm. would you have to get to the animal? You got to be within what ten feet to accurately aim a gun no, like that. Probably, probably forty feet or less. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll lure them in with a bag of Doritos. They were eating trash. You <laughs> might be meager, sir, but you are not quiet. You would never get within 40 feet of a wild hog, sir. All right, Forrest, you're up next. What are you going to add Very on good. to your porcini, shaved porcini? Right. Well, porcini were a selective pick for a reason, because although the appetizer is shaved raw porcini, delightful, the main course is going to be surf and turf. And Ooh. here's why. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I love my free diving, and everybody loves lobster, which I will go and procure by the way, everything I'm naming, we can get right here in California. Nice. I don't have to go anywhere. Okay, sure. Um, so I'm going to go out to the California Channel Islands during lobster season, of course, dive down at night using my light, and hand catch several limits of lobster, limit being seven per person based on how many people are on the boat, and uh, bring back all of these delicious lobster, which I will cook Baja style, split down the middle on my grill, Ooh. and you will have <laughs> flame grilled lobster. God damn And beside that will be staked porcini. Now, a Ooh. porcini, when cooked on this, is why I picked porcini for number one, mm-hmm. because I have an appetizer. And now, for your entree, a porcini, when cooked on a grill, tastes very much like steak. It is the steakiest mushroom in the world. Yeah. And so now you're going to have a lobster and porcini surf and turf as your main course. Wow. Okay. That sounds that sounds really good. Um, what do we got left? Me or is he? Is no, he yeah, got you're two. Up. You're up, son. It's you. 
Okay. You're up. You're up well, for two, by the way. You're up for is, two. This is this is an impossible battle royale. You're throwing like you're giving this to Forrest. Not only does he know how to hunt, and not only squid. has he actually made these meals, he's actually cooked yeah. them, so he knows the recipes and how to make them the most delicious. Dude, you started out However, strong with a rare mushroom. Listen, Continue. It's fine. Yeah, morel Morel's fi- Hey, a lot of people would pick morels over Porcini listen, guy. Like you're you're in you're in full fine. position. Relax. Listen, all right. So you know. All of my, my next, is it two items for me? Yep, you get two. Draft, right? So you need two okay. more food right, items so, and a drink. Listen, everybody, I, I might not be a hunter or a forager, but I can absolutely poach a cow. So what smart. I will be <laughs> doing super smart. is going up to either, you know, some. I just drive north on the highway here in California up till I find a, a cow ranch. I'll find a nice supple cow. Uh, maybe a young veal, if if possible. Probably easier to take down, or maybe even just cut a slice out of while still living. I, w- I don't like to kill things, and I will. I will. I'm obviously so we'll have veal, either veal or a nice tenderloin steak. Um, and then I pick one more correctly. Yeah, correct. It sounds so. Good. Wait, you hold on. Let, before you go into that other one, you Peter Fitzer yes. are going to drive up Highway Five in my out of Mazda Los Angeles three. in my Mazda, in your my Mazda brand three. new Mazda three. You're going to identify an adorable, long-eyelashed, doughy-eyed calf Mm -hmm. from the freeway. Yep. You're going to hop the fence, Mm -hmm. and you're going to bludgeon it to death? No, no, no. I I, I said if I can can leave it alive, I'll just cut a slice out. I think I'll cut the tenderloin. I don't... I think it's by the nutsack. I'll I'll grab (laughs) a piece. It's not. Well, maybe I'll just cut a rump roast then, because I know where that's at. It's the ass. (laughs) Um, All right. So we'll get that. That'll be tasty. We'll get that going. And by the way, if it's a rump roast, I'm going to fucking put it in the instant pot and pressure cook that shit until it is fall off the bone, fat, delicious, melts in your mouth meat. He's taking some uh, bone. With my delicious morels that will not just be an appetizer, they will also be fucking sauteed and, and reduced in oil to perfection and put atop the rump roast. And That's a good meal. That sounds good. And then finally, we will also be harvesting from farmers and ranchers somewhere in California. We will be, we will be steal more. We will be picking, we will be picking either tomato, whatever we come across first, whatever vegetable, hopefully potatoes, but it could be tomatoes or zucchini potatoes. It'll be potatoes, bitch. So you're going to break into a farm and steal someone's potato. I might break into a farm. I mean, what are you talking about? There's there's no fence. So you're going to drive to Idaho and you're going to get some potatoes. potatoes in, there's potato. Listen, you won't. first of all, how much time do we have? I can grow my own fucking potatoes. There's no potatoes at this barbecue. All right, Forrest. Listen. He's right, got fine. steak and potatoes. What are you going to serve? Um, so we've had an appetizer. We've had an entree. Uh, for my dessert, and then I'll circle back to my drink. Um, for dessert, fruiting at the same time as the porcini, I will pick delicious as good as they get, wild California blackberries, which mm. it's my favorite berry in the world, first Delicious. of all. I will have berries and whipped cream as my preferred dessert. I, I, objection. Um, Nobody cares that it's true. your favorite berry. It's only if the listener <laughs> likes <laughs> the berry. That's, also, that's, there's no whipped cream because you didn't harvest the cream. Well, maybe I stole it from, from uh, <laughs> Peter's deformed cow that he cut the butt Fair cheek out of. Uh, <laughs> um, so, so wild blackberries is my dessert. That does sound okay. good and very nice of you to, to bring does. a dessert. So I'm going to round. Little, round yep. Go ahead. A little optimistic. little little um, uh, ambitious even for you, Forrest. Okay, go ahead, Pat. When you come to a barbecue at my house, 
I'm going to take you on a tour of the world, a tour of the islands. So we're going to start Very with nice. Vietnamese squid. Then you're going to have some Hawaiian street pig. Then Great. I'm going to give you a taste. Of, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a page out of Peter's book. I'm going to also drive up the five north into uh, <laughs> an air, area near Bakersfield <laughs> where there are many, Thief. many beekeepers. And you can see the bee houses. True. And I'm going to harvest True. some honey. From that honey, mm-hmm. I will yep. make a delicious alcohol called mead. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you will. Uh, mead, it's easy. It's easy to do. I know a guy in Bend, Oregon, who makes his own mead. It's fantastic. Walk us it, through it. How do you make it? I'm, I'm going to Google it. We didn't say you couldn't Google it. But I, once I harvest <laughs> the honey, I will make mead so that when you're at my barbecue, you get shit face and you're welcome to spend the night. Um and then, oh, that's a that is a tough one to be. Yeah, and then it's all right, my, though, but I mean, there's a lot of listeners that are probably allergic to bees, so you're gonna kill many, many people with the mead that you'll obvious. You're definitely gonna fuck you, the mead you, up. You realize that people that are allergic to bees can still eat honey, right, Peter? Well, I'm, aware of this? again, they're, they're I was explaining before I was interrupted they're, for they're us. Patrick doesn't know how to make mead. So there'll clearly be bee pollen in it, probably bee parts. Pollen in it. Disgusting. There'll be pollen in it. Uh, and then, <laughs> and then it gets a little horrific. bit later. You're you're buzzed. You're having such a good time. The DJ is playing your favorite song, and you go, you know, I could go for a sweet bite after all that delicious, ri- all those ribs. So you will then be treated to a peach-based dessert because I'm going to go to Georgia and I'm going to break into a peach farm. And I'm going to pick several <laughs> baskets full of delicious peaches. And if I'm allowed to use yeah. other ingredients, I'll make a peach cobbler. If not, then you'll just eat a peach. Let's just be clear. This 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 battle royale is not about foraging. It's about stealing. <laughs> listen, listen, here's what I'm going to say. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break into uh, to Maestro's Steakhouse and uh, pull from there a nine-course meal. <laughs> listen, here's what I, listen, okay, I'm the one that started the, the trend. That was new when I said what I was going to do. Pat... Clearly had just nothing garbage, trash, the squid I'll give you. But the rest of it, had I not been here, you would have still been struggling with an answer. You literally stole exactly, essentially you just changed out my items and and have the same process for foraging. Some call it stealing. But the point is, is that when I said it, it was new. When you said it, (laughs) it was old. You you started with mushrooms and stealing stuff, and we both ripped off your ideas, Peter. All right, Forrest, what is going to be you've you've set up your app, your main, your des- lovely dessert. What's going to be your drink? Man, you really hit me with a curveball when you said mead. Because not that I was thinking that it's fucking genius. Yeah. I wish I had thought of it. Nah, um, get stupid. people drunk. You hit me with a no. It's good. It's good. He hit me with a curveball because booze is just so appealing at a barbecue, yep. and I was going to serve, and I'm going to stick with it, and I'm going to stick to my guns, my favorite wild drink, which is just a nice, crisp coconut Ooh. that you can open up, mm. drink fresh right out of the coconut, have a little flesh out of it, mm. delightful. Yeah, refreshing. But it's no booze. I don't know if I got this one in the bag. I guess on your, on your Evite, you could say, like, bring your own rum. Right, then people True. Could pour rum in yeah, their that would out. help. That redeems you a little bit, Pat, because you are a thief, sir. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Peter, close it down. What's going to be your drink? I'm assuming milk from the deformed cow that you've killed. <laughs> no, I, I hadn't even thought about it. I, uh, <laughs> I'll probably just have some nice. Uh, I can forage forage uh, water out of a river. I we'll have water, river water. <laughs> some LA, some LA downtown LA river water. What's on, what do you? 
I mean, okay, no, no, I, I change, change it. There's a lot of citrus out here. So uh, there's citrus. lemon trees everywhere, everywhere, and orange trees. You know what happens when there's a lemon tree and an orange tree in your general vicinity? Sprite is Sprite is lemon like and this? lime. Sprite is lemon Listen, and lime. There isn't any sugar cane around, mate. There is only <laughs> lemons and oranges, and I will be making a refreshing lemon and orange juice. Yum. And bring your All own right, booze, so, everybody. Okay, for so everybody, <laughs> go ahead and recap. <laughs> All right, so to recap, uh, the battle royale is join us on what started as a wild forage, wild forage barbecue, and turned into who can rob the most shit barbecue. <laughs> um, you could go to Retep's barbecue, which will have morel mushrooms, yum, uh, a calf rump that has not been murdered, just just his ass cut out. Pressure cooked um, to perfection. Pressure cooked, yeah, which is delightful, by the way. Pressure mm. cooked with some some morel mushrooms, um, a potato singular <laughs> stolen from a farmer, <laughs> <laughs> and um, and the nice drink of not river water, but uh, orange juice, I believe. Orange lemon, could... orange and lemonade juice. Oh, fair <laughs> lemonade okay. juice, lemon orange okay. juice. <laughs> You could go to Patrick's Barbecue, which also sounds pretty great. It's a culinary trip around the world, mm -hmm. which starts with squid in Vietnam. Mm. It's well-rounded out by pork ribs from Hawaii. Road pig. And I think he called it road pig. Is what it <laughs> I think you called it road pig. <laughs> and um, uh, Patrick, what was your third food item? He can't peaches. even remember. Peaches. Come on. Peach cobbler. Peaches. Man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For dessert, you get to have delightful peaches, fresh from Georgia, and to wash it all down, you get mead, a delightful alcohol made from honey. This is the only barbecue that is cheaper than the others, ladies and gentlemen, because you do not have to be YOB. You can show up and get shit-faced based on the uh, the many bee stings that Patrick has subjected himself to just for your enjoyment. But you might die. But you might die, according to Peter. Okay. Or you could join me for a refreshing coconut to drink some <laughs> shaved porcini as an appetizer some surf and turf california lobster and porcini on the grill and delicious wild blackberries for dessert so go on to itunes let us know which uh barbecue you'd like to attend take into account the personalities of the three people here and who you'd most like to hang out with mm -hmm. um, it's nothing to do with it it's nothing to do with it but i will <laughs> win that competition as well it does and, yeah. it's fine um and uh yeah leave us a five-star review we really appreciate it and before we wrap up tonight because we appreciate it so much, I was having an absolute time in my life reading a couple of our user reviews. So, guys, do you mind if I just go through a couple of them on air? I think I think there are a lot of Yeah, fun. go for it. The love it. Can't wait. So E19MMM left a review that says, feast your ears on this cast. <laughs> just like a quality meatloaf recipe, this <laughs> podcast has everything with Ooh. a solid base of miscellaneous animals. Add a cup of random nonsense. A bit of lard to flavor, not naming names, and dashes of satire sprinkled throughout. Recipe best cooked, best cooked at a fluctuating boiling, depending on the banter taking place. Sit back, crack a cold one, and let your ears take in a scrumptious audio feast each Monday. Cheers, fella. Nice. nice. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Ian. Love how great. I love e it. E19MMM. Love that review. It's absolutely hilarious. What else do we um, have? And it's on point. I mean, it's perfect. It's on point. Yeah, the lard part was nailed it. Fuck you. 
guy. Your, your <laughs> meal is terrible. Your hat's terrible. Your personality is terrible. I'm talking about you, fucking bro, producer. So Man, I miss I miss you guys. Can't wait to see you again. Um, <laughs> Pat, Pat B fan forty. So Patrick, you clearly have a stalk stalker. Which, nice. If this is not you, congratulations, <laughs> Pat B fan forty. Um, this is this is definitely the most out there review. Titled "Doubt Gorillas Are Real." <laughs> Excellent podcast, however, provides little to no evidence on the existence of gorillas. That's it. That's, That's all they wrote. That's it. All right, Pat That's B. It. Fan 40. And, so he's been and, listening you know, to the to 17, 18 episodes waiting for proof for the existence of gorillas? Apparently. And he's Pat, right. We have never done anything that is irrefutable to say that they exist. Yeah. I, I mean, we can't, love him. we can't provide clear evidence that they do exist right at this second. Can we? No. It's it's right. There's no way. You got any other um, ones or is that it? Yeah, I got one more. The Professor's Alien Whoa. from Mr. Eklund. There we go. Yep. Here you That's go, me. Peter. Throwing you a bone here. Fuck yeah. I definitely enjoyed you guys being able to get into it more this week without worrying about time. He's referring to last week's podcast. Yep. I definitely got a broner thinking mm. of Retep's mole rat grandma <laughs> alien with the thick brain legs. <laughs> he gets my vote for this week for sure. Boom, nice. bitches. That's right. <laughs> Professor. So- so, Professor, we know you've had a tough day. You took it out on Pat literally the entire podcast. Yep. You even called your friend to ra- rail on him. Um, you know, now you've got a win from the listeners. Mm-hmm. People appreciate you, mm. Peter. I want you to know that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I hope you enjoy your dinner tonight with your lovely lady at Taco Bell. I'm sure she's mm-hmm. going to get many a dollar item. Menu. Yeah, mm-hmm. make sure you take your Prilosec in advance. Uh, and to the we'll listeners. Never take Prilosec again. Look, I listen to lots of podcasts. And the vast majority of podcasts I listen to are, you got to skip through a shitload of ads. You know what I mean? Like even like the football podcasts I listen to, there's like four breaks for ads. We don't do ads. We're not asking you to buy anything. Just do us a favor. If you've been enjoying it, just tell one friend about the podcast. It's been really fun seeing the comments, uh, seeing the numbers. They're growing every week, which is awesome. Um, Just tell one person. Just just, just Mm -hmm. take 30 seconds and tell a friend. Tell a family. Not even. Tell someone you hate. Take more time than Pat can take to fucking respond to a text. Yeah, don't be me. Don't be like me. Be like Forrest and Peter. They're solid guys. Yes, correct. (laughs) Good night. Thanks for listening, everybody. Good Good night, night. everybody. Love you. Say good night again, Pat. Good night. (laughs) 